Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Don't forget, NumbBillsFan.com has all of our content. Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast for episode 120. I'm your host, David Palermo. Find me on Twitter at NumbBillsFan. Instagram, Numb Bills fan as well, and Facebook, Numb Bills fan. Obviously, you heard that in the intro, but make sure you check out numbbillsfan.com. Don't forget, we also have some shirts for sale. Uh, very limited run, 19 bucks shipped. If you want any Bills collectibles up there, I threw up some stuff on my Etsy store up there. Again, Numb Bills fan on Etsy, so please check that out. And uh, lastly, we're brought to you by punchdrunksports.com. Uh, great podcast, three guys, regulars at the Alley Comedy Store, Ari Shafir from This Is Not Happening, um, you know, on Comedy Central, if you've ever seen that show, great show, if not, just go on YouTube, Comedy Central has a channel, check it out, great, you won't be disappointed, you can thank me later, I won't charge you, also, um, Sam Tripoli, great dude, has his hands in a lot of things, has a cool little new conspiracy podcast, also on Punch Drunk Sports, and also... Uh, does the Naughty Show, stand-up comedian, Stan Tripoli. Awesome dude. Thank you for hooking us up with this. And lastly, Jason Tebow. You might have seen him on the Red Zone Network. Uh, good dude. Another comedy guy. And he just recorded a comedy album, So uh, I believe. So check him out. And, um, yeah, so at Punch Drunk on Twitter, punchdrunksports.com. And if you haven't, check out podcast number 118 with Kevin Elliott from the Punch Drunk Sports Podcast Network. He does a sports podcast called Barroom Heroes, and he's an L.A. Dodgers fan. He's a fan of L.A. He's from L.A., and we had a great podcast talking about, especially if you're a Bills fan tuning in, what's it like to have a team move on you, and what's it like to have a comeback? And they bring Jeff Fisher? Huh, do you really care now? So that was a cool podcast, and also, um, you know, 119, if you want to know what I think about the NFL rule changes with celebrations, Hey, have at it. The roster changes everything with the new rules. So there's other things in there, too. Just read the description and make sure you subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts from. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever. Please subscribe to us. If you send me screenshots on Numbills Fan or wherever the hell, hey, I will put you at the priority list for any contest next up in line. So please, again, numbillsfan.com. And on the line with us now... I would have to say my favorite guest of all time every time is Eric <laughs> Turner from CoverOne.net, and we are here to break down pretty much our thoughts on the front office. I mean, the dust is settled, Eric. What's up, man? Tell us what you got. You know, What's website. going on, Dave? Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, man, take a breath. That was quite the intro, man. Did you... I- that was, man, that was long-winded, bro. You all right? <laughs> Dude, I, I'm 100% Italian. Can you tell? <laughs> I'm sure you're on the other end, you know, waving those hands and... Uh, you know, trying to get everyone uh, get everyone's uh, promotion out there because that's what you're good at. And, uh, you know, you have me on the, the podcast today to, you know, kind of talk about the front office and the changes that uh, have occurred uh, since, uh, you know, the offseason began. And I'll tell you what, man, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this front office, Dave. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think so. Um, seems like they're really getting the air out of the dough. Um, I like that they got it. You actually got me on this. You really like that they fired the entire scouting staff right or not i mean you don't li- i don't want to say you like but you understand I right i understand 
I understood the moves, but I was kind of with you, uh, uh, you know, at the beginning, as far as continuity and keeping, you know, Whaley. I was, I was, I was closer to on the fence than you know, leaning to one side or the other about keeping Whaley in this uh, uh, front office. But when they decided to clean house, I think that was the best bet to do it from top to bottom. And uh, regardless of the timing, I think the timing worked out well for us, and we were able to get some really big names to assemble almost what you know most pundits are calling you know an all-star front office. So uh, I thought the timing was odd initially, but after you know letting it settle in, letting my emotions die down, and uh, kind of stomaching the the moves that happened, and you know the fact that people's lives were changed and, and there, there were firings that uh, you know once that settled in and. and Start, you know, putting the the front offs together. I was kind of, I was happy to see the names they brought in, Dave. Yeah, I can't blame you. You you know what feeling I have, and and obviously, um, if you haven't yet, go on cover one dot net. Uh, my my one and done article for now. Uh, I actually wrote a, an article about pretty much backing up Doug Whaley in Eye for Talent. You know, you guys titled it Eye for Talent. Yeah. Period. And and um. The farther I get away from getting rid, rid of Doug Whaley, the more I look at it like it's not eye for talent, period. And actually, I'm probably going to do a follow-up article on this right now. I'm meaning to tell you. <laughs> I'm not even pulling it out of my ass for real. Um, right. I, I really mean it. Like, it should be eye for talent, comma, if anything, right? Because um, we've talked about this many times on this podcast, Uh you know, sometimes you max out at your job and now you got to start start hiring people and you might not be good at your job, but you're good. You're you know what I mean? You might be good at your job. But you're not good at managing people. I mean, right. I can't tell you how many people come to work. I mean, they don't work for me anymore and they work for somebody else doing perfectly fine. So, um, you know, it's like that happens. And and I think with 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 being in there from Carolina, I mean, he seems like he's easy to work with. He's willing to make all these appearances. He's willing to really put the organization on his shoulders if he needs to. Um, but I will be honest, getting rid of Whaley was kind of like how I felt like getting rid of Rex, um, yeah. which was like, well, I guess, might, why not? You know what I mean? If you guys really think so, there must be something through three coaching staffs where I guess I'm on board. And I always talk myself into these decisions. I always do, Eric, every time. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I don't want to see people lose their jobs at all. At the same time, I like to see other people breed new opportunities. Right. And that's what's great about this staff is, you know, there is a good amount of experience, you know, guys that have held, you know, the top end positions in front offices, guys that are, you know, are hungry and trying to work up the ladder. And, and honestly, every single one of these guys from, you know, the, the area scouts, to, uh, and the pro scouts to the top at Brandon Bean's position. These are guys that want to move up the totem pole. You know, they want to promote. They want to have that forward mobility. And when you have uh, guys in positions on every level that you know want and have that ambition to move up into the big chair of GM or more, um, you know, it's it's going to breed not only competition on the field but competition in the front office. And and by that I mean you're going to work your hardest every day. You're going to push each other every day. Uh, as a team in the front office to make the best decisions, do the best scouting reports, do the best evaluations. And, uh, you know, that's that's just going to breed a good atmosphere. And it should definitely, you know, turn out onto the field. It should definitely show on the field uh, in the next couple of years as far as talent that's going to be brought in uh, from this front office. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way because, man, 
I'm human. I get complacent, dude. Like, yep. I will get real complacent at my job. And we all do. Yep. And I feel that's a problem with um, maybe what's going on and with, with scouting because there's some guys taken and you're like, and they're from the SEC a lot of times, you know? And it's like, man, how, how are you missing on these guys? Right. Um, at the same time, I'll always say, well, you can't, you got to develop players and you can't develop them changing the staff two to three years every time, you know? So, I and mean. You, you nailed that. That's exactly correct, man. It's, it's a team, it's a team game, you know, not just on the field, but in the front office, between the front office and the coaching staff, you know, it's, it's the front office's uh, job to, to find that talent, acquire that talent. Uh, and, and, you know, they're at, at a certain development point stage in their careers. And now it's, it's up to the coaching staff. Uh, to develop those players and and get the most out of them. So uh, having a guy like Brandon Bean lean uh, lean on uh, you know very experienced guys like Joe Shane and you know Brian Gain and and even you know on down as far as the scouting uh, and personnel guys go, you know being able to lean on guys like that that have experience in the league, but also you know there are connections between this staff. Um, you know, over the years, and and of course, right from the top, Brandon Bean and, and McDermott. So all that that rapport, that experience, all that's just it's going to be a great atmosphere in that front office. And again, I think it's just going to breed uh, competition. I think it's just going to bring out the best of everybody. So with Brandon Bean, when they hired Brandon Bean, um, I went on your podcast and we talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, his presser wasn't out yet, and. You know, I was kind of like, all right, well, they went Brandon Bean. Yeah, I, I really wanted the dude from Kansas City. That was kind of the guy I liked. I, I, I love the Me whole too. I was Andy Reid. Yep. You know, what are your, what, what are your thoughts of Brandon Bean? I mean, like right off the bat when they hire him and now where have you settled and you've heard him talk and sometimes when people talk, you get sold on them and that's definitely happened with me. <laughs> no, I I mean, I think it was uh, a safe bet. And by safe, a lot of times people think that's a negative thing. I don't think that's bad at all. Again, I just kind of alluded to it. You know, having that relationship and that trust in each other between McDermott and Bean. And I just, I find it hard to believe. I know, you know, this was put to bed, this narrative, this story is put to bed about, you know, prior, like during the draft when we made our picks, uh, you know, a few picks ahead of the Panthers, we were taking a lot of the same positions. I just I find it hard to believe that um, Bean really didn't have any type of contact with McDermott since he took the position as a, a head coach for the Bills. Because I mean, being as close as they were when they were in Carolina, going on their runs together on trips and stuff like that, I just find it hard to believe that they didn't keep in contact and at least didn't shoot the breeze about guys that uh, you know each each of their teams maybe needed. You know, I, I mean, not not trying to give away intel you know, between the Panthers and Bills, but just kind of, you know, feeling each other out as far as the draft class goes. Because, again, you know, I know Whaley and a lot of those scouts led the draft, but McDermott had to have an idea, had an inkling about what was bound to happen after that draft. So he had to also count on people that he knew around the league, uh, you know, whether it be scouts, GMs, wherever, to kind of get an idea uh, you know, of, of guys uh, that that are going to be drafted in this uh, in that draft class. So, I find it hard to believe that they didn't have some kind of uh, relationship before or discussion, at least uh, in regards to those uh, players. Let's be real. I'd be talking about a lot of dirty shit if I'm on a run with my dog. 
You know what I mean? I'm just <laughs> saying, like, a lot of things are going down. And we're talking about what we're going to do and big plans. Hey, man, you know what we meant, man? Oh, what's that, dude? Man, imagine this. We're in our office, yeah. and, and you're like, come on, you got to think that way. Right. You know, and they both got this whole Homer, we're family guy thing going on. They got the whole PR thing good, you know, and that's what they want, even if it is fake or not. It seems like that's who they are. It seems like good guys. And um, I, I like it. I, I think it's great to have a front office that is just hungry. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they have no choice but to prove it. And now it ain't just on the coaches. And I will say, though, who was the person? I don't know. Maybe it was like an er- erroneous lock on four report. Wasn't there a report out there like, shoot, within a couple weeks of McDermott getting the job that they were angling to get, you know, dudes from Carolina in the front office? Remember that? Like getting rid of Whaley. Yeah. And, and I don't know who reported that, but whoever that is should get a gold star, like five of them, because. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> You know, I mean, could it have gone down any more exact? Yeah, and I think honestly, I, I don't, I can't remember who came up with that story, but I think it's also kind of common sense because, like I said, you know, rapport, relationships. You know, these guys have been in the league for many years, so they've come into contact with many people, uh, you know, across different organizations, and and you're gonna you're gonna cling to people, you're gonna continue relationships with people that share the same beliefs, philosophies, and whatnot as far as scouting goes and evaluating players uh, and how to build a team. So I'm not too surprised about that report. And it's I, honestly, I think it's one of those things you could throw that against the wall and it's probably going to stick more times than not when it comes to NFL and, and the relationships that are built. You really think so, huh? Yeah. I don't know who to trust when I when I hear these reports, like at all, like ever. Yeah, it's hard, man. You just got to take it for what it is and just wait for uh, the dust to settle. Kind of like, uh, you know, our emotions when it comes to draft and stuff like that. You just got to let things fall into place. Um, it's something to talk about. It's commentary to talk about. It's, you know, time. It's stuff you can fill podcasts with, newspapers, media, whatever with. Um, but you got to also just keep it in perspective that, you know, you know, let it settle in. And uh, I, I don't think it's a surprise that Bean was brought over. Uh, it was going to be some kind of uh, relationship he's had with McDermott, you know, it, whether it be would have been Veach over in Kansas City or uh, it, they were going to have some kind of relationship, especially after the fact, you know, because we, we did all these wholesale changes in the front office after the draft. So the coach was already hired. So, it, you know, normally you like to see it out the other way around, but the coach is already hired. So when an owner is trying to bring in the front office personnel, He's more than likely in this situation, and it's exactly what happened, is that they're going to have some type of relationship prior. So, 100%. And, and I like that. I like that. Um, because you obviously want to want to work with um, whatever's really, you know, I want to say, want to have the strongest relationship you could have with people because. Man, I want to go to bat for my dog. You know, I keep saying dog on this podcast. Jeez. I want to go to bat for the guys. You know, that's just what I want to do for my team. Um, So I had a question for you. You shot me over this photo on CoverOne.net, and pretty Mm -hmm. much you made, what would you call this, like a family tree just about, like an order? (laughs) I I don't. Yeah, it's just a chart of the front office, and actually I haven't gotten a chance to update it yet, but it just starts from the top with, you know, GM Brandon Bean and then, um, you know, there's two houses to a front office, and that's usually the, the college scouting, 
who are guys that are usually on the road 200 plus year uh, 200 plus days a year you know scouting uh college players you know they're mm-hmm. the ones that are doing background checks and and deep uh dives on players uh, as far as uh, the college players go and then you have the pro scouting side and that's um the part of the staff the scouting staff that does uh advanced scouting you know so they'll scout you know up to four games of the upcoming opponent find out uh you know different tendencies that the coaches uh the offensive or defensive coordinators have or personnel packages and all that good stuff kind of the jazz that i do uh, on a weekly basis during the season uh that's something i love doing um just from having coached before uh so i mean yeah there are two houses uh to this chart and if uh if you want to check it out it's at cover1.net and you go to the menu and you'll you'll click front office and you'll see it and again i, I do have to update it still mm-hmm. um we did fill a few more positions but kind of gives you an idea on who reports to who and what side of the house each of these scouts, you know, are, are are on? Because this is something that's, as of last the last couple of years, not many people paid attention to. You know, besides a GM, I mean, not many people knew uh, what an aerial scout does, who they were, where they're traveling, what area they're in in, in charge of. So this all this scouting stuff has definitely, uh, you know. Gotten a lot more into the limelight the last few years, so it's it's good to see. And I figured that having a chart like this uh, for Bills fans, it, it would be cool to have on the site. I I think so too because there's some big names on this list. I mean, you're talking the the senior college scout Dennis Hickey. I mm-hmm. mean, that's it, isn't it? To do there was a GM in Miami or Madam I mean. Absolutely, yeah. I think it was in 2000. It was under. Um, it was when uh, you know Parcells and Ireland were in charge over there, and then I think they let Ireland go, and the Hickey kind of stepped in for uh, I think it was a 2014, 2015 season. And I mean he, and that's the thing. Like right now, if you when you're looking at this chart, you know he's down at the bottom as a senior college scout, but you know he's towards the end of the bottom of the totem pole. But he has so much more experience than just an average you know national scout or area scout. And that's what I'm saying. Like he's at the bottom you know, with a wealth of wisdom, and he wants to move back up. You know he does. I mean, why else would he take this job? He knows there's going to be, you know, this staff that they put together in the front office are, are guys that are going to, you know, want to move out in, into bigger positions. So there are going to be opportunities to move, move up the chain. 100%. And, and what's – I mean, you just said it. Bill Parcells. Uh, hello. Yeah. I mean, can you say help set the standards since, you know what I mean, probably after Walsh, you would say. I don't know if – Bill Walsh is really a scout guy, but I mean, he's definitely like a big innovator in the NFL who loved Trent Edwards and, you know, knew who Joe Montana was and stuff. You know, he's kind of a big deal with like right. players. So it's like you look at Bill Parcells, okay, well, Bill Belichick, you know, everybody underneath. I, I, you got to be kidding me. I mean, Bill Parcells needed to come to Buffalo. Where's Bill Parcells? Like, what's he doing now? He, he needs to finish the tour. You know, and that's what's great about these guys, Dave. Like, you know, when you're coming from the Bill Parcells type tree, and I'm talking not the coaching side, but the scouting side. Um, when you're coming from organizations like that or, or coaches like that uh, that are established, these, you know, in scouting, there are certain uh, there's a certain language that each organization speaks. You know, Pittsburgh has a certain uh, language they use to describe players, and um, Pittsburgh, uh, you know. Dallas the same way. So every every organization, every front office has a certain uh, linguistics to uh, scouting, and so you know guys like Hickey that are coming over, guys like Gain that have a wealth of experience uh, scouting. 
you know, these types of moves are they're bringing a system with them. And even from the top, Brandon Bean, you know, learning under David Edelman in uh, Carolina, you're going to have a lot of uh, language that needs to be translated between uh, all this experience and, and scouts in this organization. So that's that's the number one thing going on probably right now. Now that, you know, the draft is over and these guys are kind of starting from scratch again, um, you know, of course, trying to pick up free agents, but they're trying to come up with a, a collective language to use for scouting from here on out for the next few years. Because that's something, um, you know, when Whaley left that, you know, his system, what he brought over from Pittsburgh and what he learned, um, you know, while he was here under Nixon and whatnot, all that stuff is probably out the door. There's a new language being spoken. And so that's that's probably the big you know big piece going on a big thing going right now at One Bills Drive. Wasn't there something um, with the? I'm I, I sound so confused. This is kind of old news by the time I'm doing this podcast about this. Um, I want to wait for more guys to, to settle in, um, especially the scouts because they brought a couple guys back. So what were your thoughts on the guys that they brought back that were on the yeah. set before? Because um, I forgot who the one guy is. Wasn't it Calvin Fisher? I think they're right. He was one of uh, Whaley's top. Lieutenants. Yeah, I like that guy, man. He's again another guy who seems to know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, he was good at his job, but again, I think cleaning house of him um, was good because I mean, you don't know all these leaks that were happening and all that. Like, you just don't know if there's a mole there. And I know they brought in some, uh, you know, brought back some of the. Um, uh, pro scouts and, and you know and Gerald Dixon and some of the area scouts too like Domajeski and whatnot but you know it, starting over as best you could was it was was the best bet and who knows maybe they brought these guys back because I mean we are late in the game as far as front office goes and try I mean trying to scrape the bottom of the barrel at this point would probably be hard maybe they wait till next year and you know let these guys that they had re- you know brought back maybe they let those guys go and 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 try to bring in new blood. I, I mean, it, it's still, I don't think it's, I don't think it's done. I think it's still going to be a transition in the next year or two. I agree. I, I mean, it's just kind of sucks. That there's guys that you just, you know, you, you grow into like, cause you get to know them. I mean, yeah. I even thought, you know, like Jim Manos, man, I, I thought he, I really liked the guys that they picked up, you know, the, the scouts in the previous terms, but if you pay attention to the guys that Doug Whaley brought in, those guys are the ones that really stick out to me. Mm-hmm. And he would bring them on to, to you know, kind of, especially around, obviously, draft time, uh, you, you kind of build a little relationship with these people. So you kind of hope that those guys that you got to know and like get brought back. So, I mean, it's good to see that a few guys got brought back, you know, good for their families and stuff, but... I just hope they get this right. And there was something where I thought that wasn't there going to be some cross training duties or or something with like the the coaches are actually going to like scout pro personnel a little bit or vice versa. Like um, I think if you're like scouting the next team for the next day, am I making any sense at all? No, I thought, you are. And, and I, I you forgot, may also I forgot be, who what department that is that is. Doing you may that. also be confusing it. Um, you know, amongst the the college and pro side, because that's something they like to do. Is they, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you're not on the road as a college scout. Maybe as an area scout, there's a lull in the season, and you're not, you know, ball's not being played right now. So maybe this is the time where you know the pro side is actually scouting our future opponents, and you know what, what changes they're making personnel wise, 
and and you're going to have some of those you know college scouts kind of jumping in and learning their side of, of the pro side of the house so uh that's that's always a good thing to do um cross you know cross training like that because not only again you're not just training guys to move up you know up the chain you're also train you can also train guys to uh move laterally you know to, from one side of the house to the other and uh the more knowledge you have about both sides uh the more hands that you can have um on duty to scout free agents like right now you know we're still scouting free agents on a daily basis so i'm sure some of those college scouts uh side you know guys from that side are helping out with the pro side uh you know right now trying to find free agents who could come in and compete i'm 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 clueless man thank you so much for clearing it up no no that's fine man um I'm you're pretty, not, look, Dave. You're not completely wrong because then you think about how McDermott started his career, and that's he started in the scouting uh, side of things. So you're not wrong. I just, um, I just you thought know, he mentioned that like the coaches were going to be, you know, they're they're looking ahead at future opponents or the scouting staff. The pro personnel side is also looking ahead at future opponents. I, I think they're like kind of like it almost sounds like with the extra time that these guys have, they're like doubling down to catch up. Does that make sense? It doesn't seem like these guys with McDermott's staff has. And with with Brandon Bean, I'll say too, it seems like they don't have any wasted time, like at all. You hear about McDermott putting on like the team's practice tape from last year. Imagine if you're some of these guys, and you know, hey, what happened last year? You lie to the dude's face, and he already looked at the tape. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, come on, guys. Stop. I mean, this is a full time job, and that's the thing. And that's what's great about now that scouting. Um, not just from, you know, the general manager standpoint, but, you know, these guys are, are getting the recognition, uh, that, you know, that's deserved because, you know, these scouts, especially the lower level scouts, they're not getting paid that much. And so, and they're busting their tail every day and you don't see them. You don't see them in the limelight. You may see Brandon Bean, uh, you know, in the media or in press conferences, you know, but when it comes to these scouts, they're not making that much. And, and it's a grind, man. It really is. And that's why like, after draft season, like I just had to, I had to take some time away, just because it's a grind every day. You're watching hours and hours upon film, and these guys, they're not just watching film; they're on the road talking to these guys. You know, they're meeting families, they're meeting friends, they're meeting coaches. It's a, uh, it's, it's a tedious job, man, and and they're away from their families. So yeah, I mean, it is nice to bring back some of these guys because you know their their families aren't uprooted. Um, and you know, it's, it's always good to have that. And, and, and there, there is some kind of continuity and some kind of working relationship with these guys that have been here. So, um, it, it is definitely a good thing to have, um, in, in the organization now. So I think the word grind for scouts is really an, un, is really like an understatement because it's one thing to be like 23, 24 and going on these college campuses and shoot the shit with these kids friends you know what i mean right but it's another thing to like have that job for 30 years and like not look like a swindler or like some <laughs> creep and yeah. be like hey man so huh heard your friend johnny out there was drinking last night like right. uh yo dude no you know what i mean and i almost feel old saying that and you know it's like whoa it, it's a young man's game it is scouting is a young man's game and you know a lot of people are you know kind of joke with me like hey man you're gonna you're gonna get into scouting and yeah i'm doing it i'm going to scouting school at the scouting academy and all that and i love it yeah. don't get me wrong but i'm an i'm an old man when it comes to scouting and you know i'm 34 years old there's no way i'm gonna become a scout right now i just do it because i love it so 
And like, for example, like the Milano video I put out at Cover One. Right. Uh, I mean, that video of I, I watched seven games, broke down obviously seven games. Obviously, you got to take notes to do evaluations on the guys. And then, of course, cutting up the film and doing the video portion of that's a whole nother thing. But I mean, that took about 47 hours worth of work over the course of three weeks. So it, it kind of puts it in perspective on what these scouts are doing. These guys have portfolios on just one player. I mean, they know everything from top to bottom because these players are, are an investment for these organizations. So, you know, organizations are depending on these scouts, guys that, again, are away from the families a lot, aren't getting paid a lot, are grinding every day, and that are doing it really for the love, love of the game and, and, and passion for evaluating players because, again, they're not getting paid what a Brandon Bean or, uh, you know, Sean McDermott's getting paid. Exactly. And, I mean, again, you talk about these guys that have been in the organization forever. I mean, I can I can build resentment with somebody over, like, a napkin. So I can't <laughs> imagine, like, working in the same joint forever and having to deal with this crap and having a team lose and people think that you saw it. I mean, I think it's one of the hardest jobs ever, like you're saying. Um, so yeah. a lot of credit to them. So, I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty satisfied. What do you think about the assistant general manager? And we'll probably wrap with that because he's from the Texans and he was very, very well sought after. In fact, he interviewed for the job. Yeah, he's again, it comes when it comes to experience. Uh, he's one of the more respected, uh, you know, personnel guys across the league, which is why he interviewed, you know, for several jobs and to have him, uh, run the pro side of the house and teach, um, you know, the director of pro personnel, Malik Boyd, and those the pro scouts that they brought in and brought back. Uh, again, you know, Brian, establishing Brian Gain, by the way, I should have right, Brian Gain, uh, establishing that again, that language, establishing that base, that foundation for the future. Uh, that's what's going to make this organization, uh, you know, end that drought. So, and this is these guys laid the groundwork. I mean, how you know, Brandon Bean's going to get most of the credit, especially because of the staff he put together, the front office he put together and roster he's going to put uh, on, on the field. But honestly, when it comes to you know the meat and potatoes, the grinders, the guys that are going to lay the foundation for uh, for the Bills to eventually you know end this drought, it's going to be guys like assistant GM Joe Shane, VP of player personnel Brian Gain, that uh, actually transform this organization. So we're going to have to keep an eye on these two guys because they're going to be fast movers. They're going to be you know GMs more, sooner than later. I, I agree 100%. Um, wow, I just dropped my phone. Cool. Um, so I, I agree 100%. And, and again, I think this whole staff roll out the dough since McDermott. Get the air out. Main theme. No messing around. Um, that's like so. That it's so common sense, but really, everybody wonders like, what's been going on in One Bill's Drive? What's been going on in One Bill's Drive? Bill's Drive you know, and it's like, um, I don't know either. You know, right. so. I'm glad to see that they're making moves. They're taking their time. And uh, so as far as the front office goes, um, I think we're set for this podcast. So, Eric, thank you again for joining us. And really quick, tell us what you got. You mentioned a Matt Milano video. You just had a podcast recently. I mean, take the floor for a minute or two if you want. Right. Well, you can find all of our content for Cover One at CoverOne.net. You can find me on Twitter at Cover One Bills. Uh, I dropped the Matt Milano uh, video today it's a doozy like i said it took me about 47 hours to do that's you know watching seven games breaking down the film editing uh cutting up the film uh i mean it takes a long time so go ahead and take a look at that uh it's 
it, it shows the, the different roles that he was asked to carry out in Boston College's defense, and it's something similar to what McDermott had in uh, Shaq Thompson over in Carolina. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, I'll have um, a, a video, uh, a pair of videos actually dropping here in the next couple of days. Um, I started the Why It Worked series, which is me going through every touchdown that the Bills scored last season, kind of breaking down it, uh, the plays and, and how things went down. And then I'll have a Rod Streeter uh, video, the wide receiver that the Bills brought in, who's coming in to compete for, uh, you know, obviously a depth position at the receiver position. Um, so I'll have his, you know, a video of him coming up soon. So definitely get to uh, all of our social media platforms and, uh, you know, you can find our content pretty much anywhere. And Dave, I appreciate having me on. Yeah, best, best, like really um, best podcast ever. And uh, to everybody else out there, please don't forget numbillsfan.com coverone.net they had eric has a podcast subscribe to it on itunes like really I, I listen to it all the time it's great um you want a peterman breakdown watch it i actually like do mega bong rips and go on youtube and watch his <laughs> videos and take notes like that's really well, what i do def- it'll definitely keep you busy i mean there's enough videos on our youtube channel that uh, i do that i've been keep you busy for hours <laughs> eric man thank you so much um, no problem, Dave. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, bud. I'll call you later. Yeah. See ya. All right, so that's Eric at CoverOne.net. Um, don't forget, numbillsfan.com, and please subscribe to us if you don't. Also, PunchDrunkSports.com. Throw them a follow at PunchDrunk. We are part of the PunchDrunk Sports Podcast Network. And um, also, CoverOne.net, CoverOne.net, CoverOne.net. And lastly, don't forget, if you want a shirt, you want to support the podcast, help throw money towards the server space, please, Numbills fan, um, Etsy, if you know what Etsy is, throw it in your search. Go on our website, numbillsfan.com. You'll see the shirts. Click right there, and you'll click through where you can purchase, add it to a cart. I also have a few collectibles for sale, just some glasses. I have a lot more stuff coming. I just want to try it out. Um, and I do group packaging. So if you're if you're ordering a few shirts, just send me a, a message on the side. And, um, you know, we could work something out to save on shipping, whatever you want. So thank you again. Don't forget, if you don't subscribe, at Numbills Fan Everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Have a good one.